Back on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm Jeff MacArthur. Reports that some Ontario teachers are refusing to work, to go into the classroom over COVID concerns. Joining us now for more on that story, here is employment lawyer Samira Belitsky, who joins us now. Samira, good afternoon. Appreciate your time. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, uh, some teachers we hear refusing to enter the classroom, as I mentioned, over claims of an unsafe work environment. Can you kind of detail that for us a little bit, Samara? What exactly is their claim? What are they? Why are they feeling unsafe in the classroom? So from what we've seen, um, and there's been lots of coverage in the news lately on this, is a lot of teachers are feeling like there are issues with the ventilation systems, um, with the social distancing, for example. And one of the big ones that we're seeing a lot of is um, the student masking most of the teachers that are engaging in these work refusals that we're hearing about or having safety concerns, a lot of them are stemming from the masking of the students and, um, you know, their concern that the masks are not adequate. Is it the fact that they're not adequate or is it just uh, tough for students, particularly elementary students, to keep them on and in place? And are there concerns uh, when it comes to uh, the lunch hour as well where a mask wouldn't be used? Yeah, so I think we're seeing all of the above, Jeff. So, you know, masking in terms of the quality of the mask, wearing the mask all together. As you mentioned, for some of the young students, it's difficult for them to, you know, wear the masks all the time. And then, you know, what are the protocols on the lunch hour where maybe they're outside and they're not wearing the mask or they're inside and they're eating? So I think we've heard concerns about all of these things. um, And we've seen work refusals over the last little while now on that basis. And I guess that brings next the question, Samara, what constitutes an unsafe work environment? In the eyes of the law, employment law, do some of these concerns we've just detailed, do they meet that threshold of being an unsafe work environment? Sure, it's it's a great question, and it's one that we've been dealing with for now almost two years. Um, And, you know, the fact of the matter is that from a a legal perspective, when somebody um, engages in a work refusal, if somebody thinks that their uh, work is unsafe, they can refuse it and file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, uh, who will appoint an investigator, but the threshold is not perfection. So in other words, an employer doesn't have to provide a perfectly safe and a perfectly healthy workplace. The threshold is, is it reasonable? Has the employer engaged in reasonable measures in order to make sure that the health and safety is reasonably there, but again, not perfect? Okay, so any employee can withdraw their services if they feel as if uh, it is an unsafe work environment? Yes. So under the Ontario Occupational Health and Safety Act, workers do have the right to refuse work. There is a specific process for how they do it. You have to feel unsafe at work, and that does relate to health as well. And then you can engage in a work refusal, uh, but you do have to advise your employer. And then following that, uh, you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labour for them to investigate. Okay, that might answer my next question. Who ultimately decides whether or not the work environment is safe or unsafe? Is it the employer, the employee, combination of the two, or is it this third party, the Ministry of Labor? So in terms of a determination, um, you know, the Ministry of Labor would be the decision maker, if you will, if somebody files a complaint for an unsafe workplace with the Ministry of Labor. Otherwise, it can be dealt with internally. So if an employee, and we've seen this over the last you know, couple of years, and we've helped people with these issues, if an employee is um, concerned about the health and safety of the workplace, our recommendation is always go to your employer first, voice your concern first, do it in writing, make sure it's expressed very clearly, and give the employer an opportunity to remedy that. Um, if they don't, then escalate it one step further to the Ministry of Labor. 
Okay, also in employment news here this afternoon, Pizza Hut in Canada facing a $150 million lawsuit over allegedly misclassifying their drivers. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this is all about, Samara? Sure. So this is another uh, class action for employee misclassification, very similar to the one that our firm currently is is uh, working on, which is the Uber class action, which most people have heard of by now. Um, and so it's yet another one of these cases where these drivers um, have allegedly been misclassified as independent contractors when they're really employees. And so the class action seeks to have them declared employees so that they can access all of the same uh, bare minimum protections that employees receive. Can you tell us a bit uh, bit more about where your Uber suit is? Because you're right, it has obviously been all over the news. These are big headlines. And obviously the determination of that suit could have implications for Pizza Hut and uh, other employers. Absolutely. And, and it and it definitely will. So right now, in terms of the Uber class action, it was certified um, in August of 2021, which means the court gave its approval for the class action to move forward. Uh, and so now we're in the steps of moving forward in the in the process, uh, scheduling the next steps, giving notice to the different members uh, of the class so that they can decide whether they want to be part of the class uh, or opt out. So all of these things are in the process of happening. Uh, but what's for sure, Jeff, is we still have a long way to go until we ever get to uh, a hearing. And similarly for the Pizza Hut case and, and similar cases that are coming out, um, they do have a lot of steps before them as well. So the Uber case will be heard. Um, if it is heard in front of a court, it will be heard long before the Pizza Hut case is heard. And it will have far reaching impacts on that case especially the Pizza Hut one, because it's the same type of facts. They are delivery drivers Mm -hmm. um, that are being misclassified here. Um, So it will be very similar. Uh, And then there are other employee misclassification cases that are out there because this has become a very uh, common issue that has come up over the last few years as our uh, workforce uh, modernizes. All right. Appreciate the update. Uh, Samara, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. Thanks, Jeff. There's employment lawyer Samara Bolitsky with Sanfiro Tamarkin. And we're back after a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.